Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Salty Brother podcast. Uh, we are stoked to have Jack Ho, a local Hawaiian kid who's kind of the, the foiling phenom over there. Uh, well, Dane's over in Hawaii. He's been foiling a bunch with him, and uh, it's stoked to talk about his kind of uh, process and his what he enjoys doing the most and, and all about uh, foiling in Hawaii. Yeah, it was a, a fun talking with Jack, and I've been hanging out with him and getting to know him. He's just a young kid, stoked on life, stoked on foiling, and uh, smart and all that fun stuff. It was a very fun conversation, so enjoy. Here's here's Jack Ho. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Um, yeah, what's what's going on? What's up? Thank you guys for having me, and uh, yeah, um, there's been a lot of stuff going on recently here in Hawaii. Um, let's start off with saying that we've had a month of excellent waves on the North Shore. Yeah. And uh, the wind has disappeared, it feels like. Yeah. There's no, there's no wind. It's been a kind of glassy variable winds for the past month or even longer. So not a lot of downwinding lately, but a couple toe sessions, maybe some surf foil sessions here and there, but uh, a lot of surfing lately. So that's been great. Nice. Yeah. Sounds a lot of ripping out there. Um, I think the, the first question I had is a little bit of a compliment to just boost you up, you know? Um, <laughs> but uh, like, I think the the whole social media is, is, is pretty interesting right now. And especially like you being from a little bit younger generation, like you've grown up in that. And I think from watching you foil, like it's one of, it's very impressive that I think you you're better in person than you are like in social media, like, do you, do you think like, like kind of how, like, what's your, uh, like mindset on social media and how do you kind of like portray yourself? I guess Does that makes sense. Well, that that's too kind of you, but um, <laughs> on social media, um, it's, it's weird actually. Like, I think the idea of social media is amazing. And I think that it's, uh, the most excellent tool to brand yourself, but, uh, at the same time, it's insanely toxic. So I think with social media, everyone's trying to post their best images and their best videos. And um, you're trying to highlight your, I guess, you're trying to highlight your talent and your skill. But a lot of times that comes off in a false, in a false, almost like false persona where you're putting all this stuff out there, but really you're only showing your the best of the best moments where no one sees your falls, no one sees your wipeouts. So for me, I try to, try to just post the best stuff I can. And uh, that means doing the best stuff you can. It doesn't just happen. You have to go out there, you got to do it, you got to film it. And a lot of times you do insane stuff, but no one's filming. You don't have your photographer there. You don't have a, you don't even have a GoPro with you. So a lot of times it's making sure you got the clip, you got the shot and uh, not because you're trying to get attention, but instead you're trying to promote yourself and there's I think there's a big difference between doing it to just get attention and get a ton of likes to trigger your serotonin levels but for me it's doing it to make a name for myself to show people that oh this is what I do and to show companies and brands that this is my life so right and you've you've been doing it just kind of like to maybe not a job but trying to get sponsors and try to maybe make a living out of it is that kind of your goal or well yeah for sure um my parents always say I'm a student first. I'm 
a lot of people don't know, know this, but I'm, <laughs> I'm actually 16 years old and I am a, a junior in high school. So a lot of people think I'm older. So that kind of trips them out when they find that out. But uh, I got to study and I got to do my schoolwork first. And I think the foiling and the surfing and everything is kind of just like a side thing. And I never expected it to become at this level, but uh, humbly and gratefully, I do have people who support me. And I think it's because social media, it's because I've put myself out there and people have seen my work and in return, they've taken interest. So, right. We've got to interrupt you real quick. Uh, we have a message from Bet Online. Uh, there might be less football being played, but Bet Online has way more stuff to bet on than just playoff season. From scored totals, player performance props, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. With the new year comes new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code. B-L-E-A-V to get started. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right now to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, back to the show. Yeah, and I feel like you're in kind of the, the golden age of all the foiling stuff right now, like kind of when, when I was growing up, it was not so like, not that it's high uh, profile now, but it's definitely getting more and more, which is really cool. Um, kind of like how, like, what was your kind of like growing up situation and or like, how did you kind of get into surfing and, and was, did you just surf or was there other kind of like waterman activities? Yeah, right on. So I am, uh, I'm from Oahu um, in Hawaii. Uh, on the South Shore, Oahu is where I live. So yeah, if you're the, the North Shore and the South Shore, are two very different places. The North Shore is your country kind of setting where um, the waves are huge, and that's kind of where the the mecca of surfing kind of came into play. And uh, then you have your South Shore, where you have the most um, you can say the most famous beach in the world, Waikiki Beach. That's where I grew up, and uh, that's almost where surfing and the idea of um, beach lifestyle almost started here in the in the 60s with Duke Kahanamoku and the idea of a beach boy and um with tourists coming to Hawaii to see the waves to see the beautiful beaches all the way transitioning to when hotels started to come into play so as much as there's a lot of surfing history and culture on the north shore the south shore actually has a ton of culture cultural aspects and history itself so growing up here it's almost different where um, everyone learns to surf at Waikiki Beach. Waikiki is the spot. That's where everyone learns. That's where everyone goes. And that's where I learned how to surf. And growing up on Waikiki Beach, it, uh, it gave me a kind of background of surfing history that I felt like I should uphold and learn more about. So that's where um, longboard surfing came into play. That's where pretty much every ocean sport that I've learned how to do started in Waikiki. So that's kind of just some background of my surfing life so far and started surfing when I was five years old. So for the past 11 years, I've been enjoying the ocean and little by little, it turned into foiling. When I was 13, I started foiling. My dad got me a hydrofoil for $600 and uh, I went out there and yeah, little by little, as me and my buddies grow up, we're slowly experiencing more ocean sports and activities. 
Nice. That sounds like a pretty good way to do it. <laughs> I yeah. feel like, uh, so you're, you're kind of talking about kind of making a name for yourself and, and doing it professionally, kind of a little bit almost like a job for the foil and stuff. Do you feel like there's almost not enough establishment with the foil community to like make it um, compared to maybe like the foil, I mean, like the surfing lifestyle, like every kid kind of grows up like, oh, I could be a, a pro surfer and, and be rich. But with foiling, there's not really that like uh, make it to the top of the mountain yet? Or do you think there kind of will be by the time the next couple of years? What do you, what do you think about like the foiling top? I mean, foiling in here in Hawaii has started maybe four or five years ago. I want to say five years ago was when the first kind of go foil came into play here. And that's like when it was first seen. Um, the kind of first wave of foilers was, I want to say four years ago, I was part of the, like the second wave. And then now, it's blowing up. When I started, there is maybe a handful of us. And even in the past two years now, there's like so many foilers here in Hawaii. And yes, it's not as big as surfing, but I think it's going on a trajectory where it is going to be big. And it's, it's so uh, kind of eye catching to see someone flying above the water. So from a spectator's point of view or like an audience point of view, it's pretty crazy to see a hydrofoiler. Um, I think the, the term pro foiler is silly. I, I don't, I don't think there's such thing as pro foilers. Um, everyone's doing it for fun. At least I am. I don't see myself making a living off of foiling. I, I like it and I like it enough where I can do it every day and, you know, people want to support me and I can give that back to them. Maybe make a, a few grand here and there, but there's no like big money in foiling yet. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. I feel like, uh, it's still pretty unpredictable where the sport will go, but I think there's no doubt it will uh, grow from here for sure. Cause you're right. It's like, even just trying to explain it is, uh, is pretty wild to, to your average person. So it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's like, I mean, what do you think the progression of foiling is and what like, or what do you think, uh, like, where do you see yourself or what, what kind of goals do you have in that foiling category? Yeah. So I think for me, my goal with foiling is to show it off to people. I want to show what foiling is. I want to show people how it works. And I can, that, that's either doing it through social media, which is what I'm already doing, but I want to travel the world essentially and show people this is what foiling is. This is how it works. As well as do stuff on a foil that hasn't been done on any other kind of craft so far. So for me, that means riding the biggest wave. That means crossing the biggest channel foiling the longest distance and uh kind of pushing the limits because i mean if you asked me two years ago if you could do an eight mile downwind from point a to point b i would say no way that's impossible and now we're doing it with our eyes closed basically and that's it's a it's a no-brainer that oh an eight mile foil run no big deal let's do it and uh if this is what's happening now i can only imagine what's happening in another five years yeah seriously yeah the what's that is that the what's the longest run you can do on oahu yeah so i mean being on the island kind of limits us to a certain uh, amount of coastline oahu the biggest one you can do is a 17 mile downwind and that is on the north shore of oahu from kind of like the most northern point to as far northwest as you can get before the island curves and becomes offshore wind. So that's kind of the struggle is finding uh, an, a, 
a stretch of coastline that will still have that parallel coast to the wind. Um, I believe on Maui, there's similar, maybe near 20 mile ones, but it's pretty hard because even with those 17 to 20 mile runs, it's not perfect downwind all the way because the way the island curves, maybe you have some spots that are lighter wind or it's a little bit more offshore. Here in Hawaii, what's unique is that we have channels between the islands and these channels range from 20 to 40 miles. And uh, the channels produce some of the biggest open ocean swells in the world. And the channels in Hawaii are pretty, I wanna say dangerous for most crafts. If you're an elite uh, athlete at your sport, then you can cross it. And there's guys who cross the channels and one man canoes, prone paddle boards, six man canoes, and re just recently in the past couple of years, foils. So I think that's the future is crossing inner island with your hydrofoil. And uh, the biggest channel we have in the eight man Hawaiian island chain is the channel between Oahu and Kauai. And that's about 90 miles. And I think it's just a matter of time before someone does that. Is that your goal? 90 miles in one day? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be, be ideal. Um, yeah. Yeah. The goal right now is to cross the Kiwi channel between Molokai and Oahu, right. as well as Ilolo channel between Maui and Molokai. And then, uh, I mean, one day I'd like to cross every single channel on the Hawaiian Island on my hydrofoil. I think that's the goal. That'd be sick. Um, future yeah yeah do you have any like sketchy stories from from downwinding or just i don't know for people getting into downwinding like what's the what's the worst that can happen oh for sure i mean it, everything's happened um i'm surprised i haven't seen a big shark yet just a matter of time but uh i think my sketchiest story is falling about two miles out at sea in the middle of nowhere and having to paddle an hour back to shore on my 4-4 prone foil board and uh, that was pretty sketch. That was pretty scary. I have to admit, I was just thinking of sharks the whole time. But uh, I made it in safely with severe arm cramps after paddling that far. But uh, stood on the side of the highway and luckily found a ride back to town, back to my house, and uh, made it back home. But yeah, we there's been a search and rescue stories with the fire department and the lifeguard jet skis, and we've seen it all. But it's relatively safe so far but uh i don't want to jinx anything right yeah and with everyone like everyone talks about like radios but now that the apple watch is here like i feel like you're you're relatively connected pretty easily but oh yeah it's a, it's a no-brainer everyone we down with has an apple watch or some sort of smartwatch device and i think that's just a necessity i mean if you fall and the foil impales you or the worst possible case that shark attacks you, I'd, I'd definitely pay $600 for 911 to come at my aid. So I think it's definitely worth it to get a smartwatch device if you're doing those things. Yeah, um, speaking of kind of like dangerous things, um, you've obviously, you've probably done some some pretty big wave surfing, right? Just regular regular board surfing. How does, uh, and you, and I guess you've always also done like, Dane's been talking about some, some pretty big foil surfing, uh, waves. Like, what do you think, uh, the added variables of the foil, like make it in those big waves? Do you think, uh, it's pretty much the same thing? Like you're still worried about kind of taking a pounding and holding your breath and hitting the reef or something, or is there a bunch of, uh, is there a lot more added variable with the, with the foil? Yeah. With the foil, I want to say the, the biggest wave I caught surfing was maybe 15 feet on a 
kind of local scale. So maybe like a 30 foot face with the foil, the biggest web I caught was maybe like half of that. So um, there's kind of a big, big difference between the, my surfing waves and my foiling right. waves that I've gotten. <laughs> um, but uh, with the foiling, even on a wave that's maybe a double overhead, it's still, uh, it can be really easy or it can be really hard. It can be really easy if it's a non-breaking wave that you're just on the shoulder. But if you're kind of getting into the danger zone, which means like the lip is behind you and there's whitewash, I suppose that it adds a different uh, level of awareness because when you're on the surfboard, you can stay in that whitewash, bend your knees and kind of outride it where with the foil, once that whitewash kind of gets you, you're done. And uh, then you risk, you risk the foil doing the kickflip thing or maybe you get hurt or somehow. So with the foil and the waves are big, there's another added level of risk if you choose to be in that impact zone or the danger zone. But if you're uh, on the shoulder, then I suppose it's relatively easy. Yeah, depends how uh, how sandy you want to get. Are you kind of only towing those big foil waves or there's kind of nowhere, no other way to get into them, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't have a jet ski, but whenever I get an opportunity to go on friend skis or if uh, someone wants to take me, I'll take that opportunity and go. Um, but uh, yeah, you kind of need to, there's no paddling into eight footers on the foil. Yeah. You kind of have to, uh, kind of have to tow in with a jet ski. So here in Hawaii, that's been a, especially this winter, that's kind of taken off. There's a ton of skis now doing all the tow foil stuff. And I don't know how regulated it is, but uh, for me, my most excitement that I've gotten off the foil is in downwind conditions. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like you can be downwind in like two foot waves and you're like having more fun than towing some <laughs> big waves. Oh, for sure. I've had some more critical moments in downwind conditions than I've had in massive outer reef conditions. <laughs> yeah. No, I, um, I feel that the same way. <laughs> yeah. It, it sounds really silly. I mean, of course the, the breath holds and the, the wipeouts and the hold downs in bigger waves is more severe and more treacherous and risky. But when you're actually riding the wave, the technicality of being on a, maybe a huge 10 foot open ocean bump is a uh, definitely more adrenaline rushing. Yeah. If that's no. even a word. <laughs> yeah. No, nailed it. Um, yeah. I, um, but kind of like back to like the big wave stuff, like it's been pretty interesting, like for me moving out to, Hawaii and kind of noticing like kind of the the like how the the lineups work and like honestly there's a big safety component do you think like I don't know like basically like what are your thoughts on kind of the Hawaiian culture of of surfing and kind of how do you like when you go to the like mainland or California or whatever like do you notice a big difference all right guys pardon the interruption what I'm about to say might shock you but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Art price outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 in 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. Get priority access on their game 
game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe. Yeah. And now back to the show. For sure. I mean, here in Hawaii, you have something called a lineup in a kind of like a pecking order. And uh, with me being 16 years old, I suppose that I would be at the bottom of that pecking order. But because I've surfed almost all my life since I was five years old and I've made connections with people and the better you get, you know, the more kind of respect you get from other people. I've slowly earned my way and worked my way up that pecking order. Not saying that I'm at the top of that, but um, there is kind of like a, a lineup where let's say someone comes from the mainland and it's never surfed Hawaii before. Even if they kind of rip, they might be at the bottom of the pecking order. And then you have your, your uncle who's maybe 50 years old and has been surfing all their life and has been surfing that single spot all their life. Then they're at the top if they want to catch a wave and you want to catch a wave. The priority obviously goes to them. So it's kind of figuring out where you fit in that lineup and uh, earning your way, earning your stripes. And if I were to go to my home spot anywhere in the South Shore, I could get my waves I wanted to. But if I were to go to another spot that maybe I don't surf that often, then uh, the people who do surf there get priority over me. So it's a lot of where your spot is, where you've grown up surfing, where you surf the most as well as your skill level and respect level in the lineup. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like I I'm honestly kind of a fan of it coming from California where California is just feels like complete chaos of, and you just kind of battle and everyone's just like, all right, cool. That's how it works. I, I was at uh, Rincon surfing and this, this old man was like, Oh, I've been surfing here my entire life. And this little kid accidentally dropped in on him. And then the little kid's like, me too. I've been surfing here my entire life. <laughs> so, was, uh, yeah. If, uh, if you said that to someone here in Hawaii, you would get cracked for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you, do you like, yeah. do you kind of like that? Or, I mean, you've grown up in it, so it's a little different, but like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I've gotten screamed at. I've gotten, well, I haven't gotten slapped yet. And I think that's kind of a product of this new generation where, <laughs> I think I've heard lots of stories from my elders where, you know, growing up, you get slaps, you get cracks and that's just the norm. And I think now if someone wants to do that, you know, people are so sensitive nowadays where uh, someone will definitely, <laughs> you would go to jail for doing that if you hit a kid. But uh, for me, I've gotten screamed at, yelled at, regulated. And uh, it's uh, it's shown me that you gotta, you gotta be someone to do something and uh, you don't just show up and disrespect someone. And it's taught me a big kind of issue and respect and how to gain respect and show respect. So I'm a fan of it. I think that um, if you grow up in a kind of almost too nice environment, it doesn't teach you anything. And, and uh, I've definitely learned so many lessons from getting regulated by older people. So I guess you, you think, can, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I guess you yeah. can say I'm a, I'm a fan of it, even though, you know, it sucks sometimes when you go out to your local spot, <laughs> not catching all the waves because there's older people there, but uh, it's, it has some value for sure. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be worth it when you're the old guy out there. <laughs> um, how do you think uh, foiling is going to kind of form into lineups and stuff? I feel like right now, I'm not sure how much different it is in Hawaii, but 
like in California, it's kind of a, a free for all. Everyone just kind of goes whenever they want. And I also feel like there's a there's a pretty big mixture between regular surfing and foiling out here. Um, do you think that's going to be a conflict? Do you think there's going to be rules like in place? And or is it just kind of and maybe Hawaii is a little bit more separated with the type of waves that they're surfing? But how do you see that kind of going down? Yeah. So like you said, with the type of waves that we have here in Hawaii, it's a uh it almost creates its own division between the two sports. Right. But uh, here in Hawaii, if you understand surfing and you understand respect and cultural uh, respect for surfers, then you understand that foiling in certain spots is not okay. Foiling with where there's a ton of people is not okay. But if you're some guy who just, just got here maybe and just doesn't really know what's going on and you don't have like knowledge passed down from maybe your friends who do live here, then that's where it gets out of hand where you have that kind of California culture, like you were saying, where it's a free for all um, and foil wherever you want. That's not how it works here. And uh, obviously you're not going to go foiling pipeline. For example, yesterday, actually, Dane and I went to foil Ehukai sandbar. And on a normal day where there's a hundred people out there trying to get these punchy shorebird waves, you wouldn't foil out there. But yesterday, because of the way the sand was set up in the swell direction, it created a very, uh, kind of soft mellow wave where there weren't a lot of people and we found our own little section where maybe there's like a few surfers but for the most part it was spread out so then we could capitalize and go out there and catch some waves but if you're uh you know if there's a lot of people or if the wave's kind of steep or there's a lot of surfers and for me it's a no-brainer you don't go out there you foil where there's no people where the waves are kind of trash or if it's soft so i think there's really no need to be foiling in super crowded lineups i mean let's say maybe if the waves like perfect and it's spread out you can go but that's another reason why we've kind of stuck with the downwind stuff because it's a way more fun than surf oiling in my opinion and there's no there's no rules there's no people out there you can do whatever you want when you're a mile out at sea yeah there's literally infinite waves and infinite space <laughs> it's pretty cool um what what uh what gear are you riding for all this stuff and do you do you kind of switch it around a lot for different waves yeah so i've tried almost all the foils out there and uh i i ride for lift but i like to say this to people when they ask me but i ride lift because i think it's the best if i didn't think it's the best i wouldn't ride them so i know a lot of guys you maybe have sponsors that they say like oh this foil is so good but in reality maybe they're like oh it's trash i'd rather ride this for me, the lift foils are are the best, and that's why I ride them. Um, honestly, my foil quiver is pretty small. I, I have all the foils, but I don't necessarily ride all of them. I have the 120. I'm sure everyone knows the 120 lift. Um, that's kind of just the all-around downwind surf foil, sup foil, whatever. I'll ride that, and then maybe like a 100 or a 60 for towing if I want to go towing, but that doesn't happen that much. So really I have this kind of one wing quiver right now that I'm currently using is the 120. And all we do is really downwind. That's all kind of what I use the foil for. And in the summertime, you're downwinding every single day because it's nuking wind in the summertime, just because of the kind of storms that are generated and the, the way the wind blows during that season. Um, Lift is coming out with some new stuff. So hopefully I actually received some of that in the mail the other day. We're not going to say what it is, but uh, we do have some new gear coming out and I think it's going to be pretty fast and pretty sick. So 
that might replace the 120 or that might just add to the quiver. I don't know yet. I'm going to have to do some testing later on today, actually. But uh, once that releases in a month or so, then uh, I'm sure everyone's going to be on that. So, yeah, no, that, that stuff should be pretty cool. Um, for I know you've you mentioned the SUP a bunch, but like what was kind of the, the learning curve for you? Because I, I mean, we did a, a downwind SUP run and I was blown away at how easy it was for you to get up. But <laughs> like oh, how, how long you've been doing that and, and what's the kind of progression? I mean, uh, it wasn't easy. I had to definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sup, it's a love-hate relationship with the sup, you know, I have, I started supping maybe like a year ago, and now I have a bunch of our crew that has joined me and uh, is just starting out in the sup, and they just want to shoot themselves. <laughs> it's so hard, it's, uh, in the beginning but once you get the hang of it it's such a game changer where you can basically go forever and not worry about falling um yesterday when you saw or the other day when you saw me get up on the sup that's maybe about nine months worth of practice and you know skill development so definitely didn't just become a super good supper all of a sudden it definitely had to go out there and try and keep trying and failing and eventually just like foiling you get better but uh, yeah, it's a pretty sure. steep learning curve, but I say it's definitely worth it because it opens up a whole nother realm of opportunities on the foil. Yeah, for sure. Have you, have you thought about, um, I know a lot of people in California are talking about like the, the long skinny prone uh, boards for sup down, or for downwinding. Have you thought about that or tried anything like that? Yeah, actually I, uh, I recorded a podcast about two months ago, actually like a month ago with a progression project with Eric over there and then he released it only two weeks ago so I talked about I had this idea of prone prone downwind for a while Dave Kalama's kind of shown what it was and I think Dave is just about the best of the best when it comes to downwinding he has so much knowledge and uh he's also a master board builder but what what, what Dave is doing is kind of different from what I had envisioned he has uh a big board and he's on his knees with kind of hand paddles doing like a double arm scoop where me, I want to lie down prone position and just stroke like I'm on a regular surfboard into a bump and get up and going. So I had this, uh, I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that this idea of getting a six or six Oh, or six, two in that range by 18 inches wide and maybe 70 liters is kind of my envision. And, uh, that's what I envision to maybe work. I have no idea if it will work, but uh, I think that's the future because the pad paddle is cool, but I think there's a way to do it without the paddle. I'm currently figuring out when I want to do that. Right now, there's no way, so it doesn't make sense to make it yet. But maybe this summer, that's definitely going to be the goal to create that and see how it works and maybe prototype. But uh, what kind of blew me away was that after that podcast release, I got about 10 DMs with people sending me CAD files of their boards that looked pretty much what I was thinking. And it kind of blew me away because I didn't know that many people were actually thinking about that or listened to my idea. So that's kind of cool that other people have the same idea. Yeah, you're an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> no, every Instagram influences me. Everyone else on Instagram is a, an influencer to me. That's where I get inspired. <laughs> so uh, which, uh, which would you choose like the best best possible wave barrel on like any surfboard you'd want or 
best downwinding foil day? Uh, the best wave and surfboard yeah. without a doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, in a, in a heartbeat, if you could give me the best six foot kegging barrel on, on a shortboard or a 40 mile per hour downwind, I would definitely pick this surf option. I think a lot of the people that we foil with kind of, I don't know if you guys know, but the Voyager foiler crew here in Hawaii, I think every single person in that crew would say that they'd want a perfect six foot keg. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic because I feel like uh, there's so many people that are just kind of on the foil grind, um, and I think that there's still a little bit of conflict between like whether it's the best thing to do or is it a replacement for bad waves. Um, and I think that for for like us, I feel like in California, like most of the time, you can just not even have to think about it because the waves suck anyways. So you're like, oh, I'm happy foiling. Like even uh, this week, I had my first like day where I was out foiling and I was like dang it looks even more fun to surf so <laughs> then I had to start thinking about it but I feel like in Hawaii you're probably always torn a little bit oh for sure I mean that's kind of part of the reason why I haven't foiled in like a month I actually went foiling the other day for the first time in a while um but uh you know the waves are good you got to surf and that's where kind of everyone's background is in surfing mm -hmm. and I think that uh a lot of people get discouraged and don't surf anymore because they're were bad at it when they went back. And I, I sucked at surfing too. When I first went back to surfing after foiling for a few months. And uh, I think the more I switched back and forth, foiling has actually made me a better surfer. And now all I want to do is improve my surfing and get better at surfing. And uh, when, you know, when the waves are good, you have to surf. Like I get blown away by people who go foiling when the waves are firing. And uh, for me, that's kind of just a waste of good waves because you don't get good waves every day. And when, when the waves are good, you got to capitalize on that. But uh, for me, I don't see foiling as a replacement for surfing. I think that's actually far from true for me. But uh, I definitely see it as another tool in your toolbox to have when the waves are bad or when the conditions aren't up to par. It's something you can have to use. And uh, it's just another toy to play around with when the conditions are given either yeah. windy or choppy, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's the the kind of goal of the waterman life is that whatever the conditions throw at you, you can just have the right right tool and the right skill for the day. So definitely sure. adds to that. Yeah. What? So what are your uh, kind of favorite foilers or surfers, or are there there's some crossovers? Um, my favorite foiler is uh, I have a bunch, but a lot of them are my friends. I think a lot of them are my crew of friends that I go foiling with every day. And uh, they inspire me to, you know, we all inspire each other. We all push each other. I think, I think that's just kind of my favorite people to hang out with, my favorite people to foil with, and my favorite foilers. Um, also, guys, my Maui crew, um, my friends on Maui, Kailani, Annie, the Spencer brothers, uh, Mateo on Kauai. They're all my friends, and I think that because they are my friends and because we all foil together, um, it's just so fun to push each other. So, you know, we'll go to Maui in the summertime, Mateo and I, and uh, we'll hang out with the Spencer brothers. We'll go down winning with them, and Annie will join us too. And it's fun to have our own little crew and push each other. So I think that's fun. And then for surfing, um, again, a lot of my favorite surfers are my friends, and it's just because we get to surf together, because we get to enjoy the ocean together. It's so fun to do it together and that's awesome.
yeah, it's definitely a, a cool community without sounding too cheesy. It's definitely why you surf or <laughs> why you foil, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, not, I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, the com- sure. community aspects of wave riding is what's the most attractive to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we have time for a couple more questions, but one I had written down is kind of like what, what really scares you in the water or in the ocean or. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I suppose death is kind of like a big generic theme that scares most people in the water. For me, what actually scares me more than that is getting hurt. And I've always been like really scared of getting hurt and uh it sounds silly but my reasoning behind it is because when you get hurt you have to sit out and miss stuff and for me missing good waves or for me missing um opportunities kills me and I'm always always want to chase opportunities I want always want to capitalize in situations and for me if I got hurt and I had to sit out for a few months I'd go nuts and I know for some people listening that lots of people have done that and that happens to a lot of people um fortunately i haven't gotten super injured yet it's just a matter of time but for me the idea of getting really hurt scares me and i i uh i do hold back on certain occasions because of that but uh for me i think that's a pretty valid reason and i think that's definitely a fear factor for me thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.